When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We've got a lot to get to today. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic has published his top 50 NHL prospects. And boy, are the Blackhawks well represented. We're going to get to that. We've got some leftover mailbag questions from yesterday we need to get to. And uh, also, we got a over, under, or two as it pertains to Connor Bedard. So that's what we're going to do. Make sure you smash that like button on the YouTube video. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Podcasters, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be really, really helpful. Fellas, the list came out this morning, and I was kind of reading it with suspense, right? Like, who's going to be here? Who's going to fall off? Who's going to move down? Who's going to move up? And the longer I read it, the more excited I got, because there are five Blackhawks on Scott Wheeler's top 50. That's, my math is correct. That's 10%. Uh, yes. Yes, that, that would be correct. And I uh, believe that I'm going to get in trouble here if I try and do math. It's two more than they had last year. So yeah. that is uh, that is improvement. Is that, is that the most of any team? I'm going to say it's probably I think it's, it's yeah, got to be it's up gotta there. Be. Yeah. I, can't, I mean, if you only got 50 guys, you can't have a ton of teams with five or more guys on there. No. Right. Um, yeah. It, the, the, the thing that jumped out to me as I was reading that is – how the top 20, top 25, first half of this list is dominated by guys drafted this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many guys that have been prospects for a year or two years that just get shoved down the list. I mean, it just goes to show how talented this draft class is and will be uh, if the potentials are hit. I mean, we've been hearing about that forever, yeah. about this is such an historically deep draft class and – what you got to go to number six or seven before you get a guy that wasn't mm. just drafted and what i loved is oliver moore who the blackhawks drafted at 19 comes in at number 17 <laughs> on the list yeah. of all which NHL is pretty amazing prospects. of Not all prospects yeah of guys drafted this yeah. year 17 of all nhl prospects and he fell to their lap in 19 that yeah. i think that potentially has a pick and we saw that every shift video uh, with all that tremendously in-depth great analysis that just amazing stuff uh that they pulled out for that one but we just saw how bad kyle davidson wanted him was trying yeah. to give up 
assets to get him, and nobody, everybody was like, nope, nope, nope. And when he got him, just know, kept falling. He was just—I've done that so many times in like fantasy hockey, fantasy football drafts, where like the guy before me picks a, to, not the guy I want. I'm like, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. I'm getting my guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm super smart. That could turn out to be one of those picks in three or four years where you look back and go, how the hell did he fall to number nine? Well, that was us. I mean, as the draft was happening, yeah, I, I kind of felt like we were at the table with with Kyle Davidson because, like, all right, Perot is still there. Morris still like there were a lot of guys we yeah. still liked and then every pick that went by it was almost like draft lottery night I, where it was I, where it was like oh the worst they can do is third yeah oh my God, the worst they can be is second and then they win it it's kind of the, it was almost yeah, a similar we dynamic kind of looking our, at each other our, seat, our seats were separated and when they got about four or five picks away I was like who's still on the board and I went through a little list and I went I went over to you guys I was like they're gonna get someone real good yeah because all those guys that, that we had talked about leading up to the draft and, and and some others that maybe weren't on our radar but still were highly regarded were all still there and then they got down to about like two picks left and we were like Perot is still there yep Oliver Moore is still like we were we were starting to freak out and then yeah it was it ended up being Oliver Moore which like it's kind of a you know somewhat of a similar situation that we had at last year's draft, where we all when they got to pick number seven, we were like get Frank Nazar, and then they went with Kevin Korchinski, and then come back to thirteen, we're like Nazar's still there, and they ended up getting him. So it's just like the, those players that it seems like fit what the Blackhawks are trying to do, and and clearly they wanted to get um, our 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 getting into the organization and that's really exciting it's great so it's five in the top 50 four in the top 30 Mm. (laughs) so we're going to go over the list right now number one overall no surprise Connor Bedard this will be his first and last year on Scott Wheeler's top 50 prospects list no longer be a prospect right around Thanksgiving Oliver Moore comes in at number 17 Kevin Korchinski is a 22 Lucas Reichel at 29 and Frank Nazar at 50. And I want to read a little bit from uh, <laughs> Scott Wheeler's. Get nice and cozy <laughs> for this. poem to Connor he's Bedard. A, he's a big fan of I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just the first and last graph. This is from Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Check it out for yourself. Uh, read the whole thing. But he says, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bedard, who only just turned 18, can do things with the puck that nobody else in the sport can replicate. I'm not talking about him compared to other prospects on this list. I'm talking nobody. As in, you could put him on the ice with the world's best shooters, and they wouldn't be able to load up just off their lead skate and fire it off balance like he does or drop it into their feet and let it go like he does. He's got one of the best shooting actions in motion I've ever seen. The last graph, he's a marvel with legit 50-goal upside at the next level. He can get a little ahead of the play, and he's got to work to do. he's got work to do on his game defensively. Um if he doesn't want to get hemmed in at the next level. But those are things you live with when it comes to talent as singular as his. I mean, it's just, it goes, there's two or three more paragraphs of Scott Wheeler just going off about how great Bedard is. And I don't know, fellas, it still doesn't totally feel real. (laughs) I don't know if it's going to until we see him on the ice, you know? Yeah, it really won't until, you know, we're seeing him skate in person, in, in practices and, and, and in training camp, that's when it's going to start feeling real. When you, you know, you've seen him w- wear the jersey, quote unquote, uh, at, on, on draft night, but to see him in all the Blackhawks garb practicing at the Fifth Third Arena um, 
you know, he'll get into some preseason games. That, I think that's when it's finally going to sink in, like, yeah, this guy is here. He's kind of like this mythical f- creature. We've only yeah. heard about legends from the great <laughs> northern land of Regina. Yeah, right. He's this mythical figure, and, like, we've only caught glimpses on video, and now he's a real thing. I think going back to that Every Shift video, I loved how they ended that with him putting on the, the Hawks practice jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just about to step on the ice, they say, nope, that's the only taste you get. You got to wait till the fall to see that. Yeah. I thought that was really well done and made me go, oh, come on. Just uh, let yeah, me see right. him like, just shoot one puck, please. Oh, and, and Mario, much like your uh, soon-to-come uh, prospects pyramid, Wheeler kind of did the same thing at the end. He's like, there's one, then there's like two through 20, and then there's kind of yeah. everybody else. Yeah. He kind of tiered at himself too, where Connor Bedard is uh, is in a stratosphere all by himself. Yes, we yeah, have, we have uh, a, it's 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 a, a, a tier that only so many players at at his uh, stage right now in his career should really be put into. Guys like Sidney Crosby, guys like Connor uh, McDavid, guys like Austin Matthews. Like these are these are players that he is being mentioned in the same breath with, and sometimes being mentioned above them as they were draft prospects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I can't remember who, but the, it was the Athletic again. Uh, they ranked the top 10 first overall picks of the last 10 years with the assumption Bedard was going to go number one. This was before the draft. And he was second only behind McDavid. So, you know, you talk about some special players that have been in that stratosphere. Like Bedard is uh, not the best one, uh, that that we can say right now, but at this point in, in in his stage, he is in the team picture of best draft eligible prospects to hit the NHL ice, which a, is insane. What a time to be a Blackhawks fan! We have a prospect in his own tier. Yeah, we have a general manager that's got his own tier. That's true. On yes. Twitter as well, <laughs> according to the Twitters, according to a there's random the Kyle, there's the Kyle Davidson tier, but not a Hawks fan. Else. But not a Hawks fan. Wait, so, game you know. recognizes game, or yeah. something yeah. like that. Like, I mean, even the even the staunchest Blackhawks haters, and Lord knows there's a lot of them out there, and mm-hmm. they've been very loud these last few months. Even they have to sit there and go, "Yeah, I hate this team, but damn it." He's hitting all the right buttons so far. Like, there's still a long way to go. The rebuild is not over. We're not anointing them champions. There's still a lot of work to do. But you, you could have not written a script for a better year, first year and a half of this rebuild. First two draft classes, getting all this stuff cleared out. It's yeah. just it's lining up exactly how Kyle Davidson and his staff envisioned it would go. But you just, you know, it's not now is not time to get content or satisfied no. or happy. You, you, you got to keep building. You can be excited knowing more is to come. Yes, because I will bet my next 300 paychecks that Kyle Davidson's plan did not stop no. with the 2023 draft. No, absolutely it's, not. Keeps going and going and going. So uh, as the kids like to say, let Kyle cook. Yes. Yes. Uh, for the record, number two on the list is Matvey Mitchkov of the Flyers. Number three, Adam Fantilli. Number four, Leo Carlson. Uh, five is Will Smith. So, yes, all these are from this year. Logan Cooley, the first player from not 2023. He was uh, number three overall last year. He comes in at number six. So next for the Hawks is Oliver Moore at 17. And I'm going to read just a little blurb here again from Scott Wheeler. 
Wheeler says, uh, I was particularly impressed by the offense he created as a focal point of the NTDP's second line from start to finish in his draft year. Moore's game is defined by his world-class skating ability, both in straight lines where he turns defenders with ease out wide and in quick bursts from explosive stops and starts and presence on the ice. He's got gallops, cutbacks, crossovers, all of it. I've seen him create breakaways with ease, win races he shouldn't, and send defenders sliding when he stops up on them with a head of steam he also hunts pucks and applies pressure with the best of them and his motor doesn't stop bouncing from one one battle to the next i love it i I love every word of that of (laughs) of that review yeah i mean and it's you know one the one thing is all is all the on the ice things that that a lot of these prospects bring to the table the other is off and and from the brief conversations we've been able to have with Oliver Moore since he's been drafted and um, just kind of the little bit of insight that we've gotten from you know Chris Peters uh, leading up to the draft and, and then also kind of seeing a little bit of it in the uh, the every shift episode uh, from the Blackhawks little docuseries um, Oliver Moore seems like another one of these guys that the Blackhawks are bringing in and just kind of like gets gets it like gets what it means to you know have be, be the right kind of character person um, seems like a good kid. Seems like someone that is going to go in, work hard, and and know what it's going to take to, you know, get to that, uh, go on his path to the NHL. And we talk a lot about players when they, you know, come out of college or junior or come from overseas, and on all these guys are the best players on their teams at one point. But when you get to the professional ranks, everybody was that. So now, what's going to make you stand out, or what's going to make you uh, you know, how are you going to clear your path to, to the NHL? And uh, it seems like Oliver Moore is one of those guys who, who knows his skill set, knows what's going to, you know, get him there, um, and just seems like a good kid. So it's it, not only on the ice but off the ice, it feels like it's, it's a steal at number 19. It's certainly something that they're focusing on. As aside from the skill, they're also focusing on the character. Yeah. And I think every, every team will probably say that, you know, and – with time, you find out if it's true or not. Yeah. Um, but so far, so good for the people that, that Kyle Davidson has drafted. Um, next on the list, number 22, is Kevin Korchinski. Here's the final graph from Scott Wheeler on Korchinski. There's still some fine-tuning that needs to happen, and he's prone to the occasional brain cramp. But Korchinski doesn't panic under pressure, has made real progress making quicker decisions. He exits and enters his zone well. He controls play when he arrives there. He gaps up well in neutral ice and sees it and handles it at an advanced level. He's got shakes and shoulder fakes, and his ceiling is high, as high as a number two defenseman and power play one quarterback. As a result, I'm looking forward to watching him in a leading role as the only returnee on Team Canada's blue line at the 2024 World Juniors if the Blackhawks let him go. I think they will. I'd be shocked if they didn't. I think so, too. Yeah. And, and yeah, Korchinski, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot to love, and there's definitely a lot to work on. So I, I, I over the summer, have felt more uh, inclined to believe that he will get a quote-unquote extended look with the Blackhawks. I think that means they'll they'll play him enough to burn the first year of his contract. Um, and we'll find out where he's at, truly. Because uh, I think, could he be sheltered in uh, playing in the WHL? Yeah, definitely. And, and I don't know if that'll help him too much. But getting exposure in the NHL when you don't have the AHL as an option is 
I, there's there's really nothing to lose because if he doesn't look right at the NHL level, then you send him back to junior, and it's uh, you, you're not rushing anything. It's I, I I have no problems with that. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do and see how he d- continues to develop. Just I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but in case anybody else is wondering, you send Kevin Korczynski back to Seattle whenever. October, November, December. He's there for the rest of the season, right? You can't like use it like the H and say, "Yeah, we want him back." Like once you send him back, he's got to play the rest of the season. Is that the case? I believe that's the case, um, but don't don't quote me on that because I think because when Shane Wright went to the AHL, was it a conditioning stint? Yes, because he was a healthy scratch for so many games. But did he? Because because so Seattle's it, AHL is Coachella Valley. Yeah. Didn't he play for? I have to look this up. Didn't he play for Coachella Valley in the playoffs? Uh, once his OHL season was over. I'm looking at Cap Friendly here. So, uh, on January 6th, he was sent to juniors. Right. On April 10th, he was recalled from junior to the AHL. Okay. So he was kind of doing he what the. Already? Uh, he was doing the kind of the Colton Dodge. He's still nineteen. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get, you can go. So it sounds like you can be called back. Called once, back once the season is over. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Because <clears throat> we've seen. Yeah, Colton Dock did it two years ago. I mean, he didn't play any games, but he was technically on the Ice Hogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Jaylen but that's Light. that's a that's that's ATOs and stuff. Right. So where Korchinski is already signed. Right. And well, and so is Shane Wright. So yeah. I, I, I just yeah I guess would, would, I just don't know if there's a scenario where like okay you send him back in November he goes and does the world juniors and then you know it's January February all of a sudden you've got a bunch of injuries on the blue line can you recall him uh, I'll have to research that I mean see. it I don't think there's any reason you wouldn't I don't I've never I guess I've never come across a um a factor where it's like, oh, you only get one one send down and recall with junior players. I think, I think you can go back and forth. I just don't think teams do that. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, if if that's the case, like, you know, if you want to get him the last couple of games of the regular season, um, depending on where Seattle is and and you know what they want to do with him, but I think you know Blackhawks kind of take precedent over that. Yeah. Um, I would hope. But yeah, you could you could bring him back and get the last you know half dozen games or so and see where he's progressed from the winter and do it that way. Uh, I'll try it in like NHL 23 and see if they let <laughs> me do it. <laughs> it looks like they can call it an emergency recall. Emergency. Okay. Um, but let's, we'll, we'll, it's a good question. Let's save that for mailbag Monday and answer our own question. <laughs> All right. Um, next Correct on the list from Wilmette is asking <laughs> <laughs> next on the list is Lucas Reichel at number 29. Uh, Scott Wheeler says he's a multifaceted offensive player who is as effective playing off his line mates and using space as a tool to get open as a shooter as he is creating his own chances or using his ability to weave through pressure to draw attention and then facilitate. He also never looks bothered by pressure, solving problems easily, and asserting himself in games with poise and confidence. There's footwork, puck control, confidence, and just an ease to his game that you don't typically find in young players. He's always trying to use what's available to him, and his ability to manipulate and adjust makes it possible for him to do just that. He's got several high-end tools, and while he may not have an elite one, I still see a frontline winger who will thrive in today's NHL. 
I'm excited to see what he does with the opportunity that looks like it's around the corner with the Blackhawks. So there's uh, Lucas Reichel, who all we want to do now is just see him for 82 games. Yep. And if he's the guy that finished up the season last year, then Scott Wheeler is right on it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting a full season. I don't. There's zero reason to ever see Lucas Reichel in Rockford again. No. Um, so let him go out there. Let him have his ups and downs. Let him adjust, readjust, figure things out. You know, he's had short spurts here in the NHL. You know, the first go round wasn't great. And then all of a sudden he had that run last year where you were like, okay. And then he had the carpet pulled out from under yeah. him because they, yeah. they couldn't possibly make any room for him on the, on the top six. <laughs> um, so this year he's, he's got a spot. Um, and, and let Luke Richardson and his coaching staff work with him and, and teach him. And I'm looking forward to seeing him meld and, and build some chemistry with some of these, these players that are going to be here and, should be a lot of fun. So many things to pay attention to this season um, beyond Connor Bedard. And it, it's, it's, it's so refreshing. So, yeah, there's no reason to be ex- have any kind of expectations as far as overall team success. But it's just going to be so nice to cover a season with actual things that matter. Players and storylines of of consequence yeah and there was and none of that last the, year. the focal point last year was who's getting traded and when right and this year it's, it's going to be more we're going to be focused more on on the on ice product of of what bedard's doing what reichel's doing Korchinski's when he when he's here what he's what he's doing um arvid Sauter, but like there, there's so many players that of of consequence this year and they're all young guys you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Taylor Hall does, how he meshes in, into the uh, into the lineup. But you know, compared to last year, where it was just like, you know, I, I hate to say who cares, but there were a, there there was a lot of times where you're just like, how are we going to spin this to make people care about it? Everyone's going to care about this year, and I yeah. think that that's that's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, before before uh, Bedard became a reality this year was going to be centered on what Lucas Reichel does. Cause this is his, this is going to be his first full year in the NHL, unless he somehow forgets how to play hockey. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he turns out to be because there's still that question of, is he someone that is a, a building block with the future? Or is he someone that is just kind of, complimentary in in short stints I, I i think there's still that step that i think he'll take but we'll see if he can if he actually gets there yeah i i, I think another really great thing for him now is instead of the 29th best prospect in hockey having all the spotlight on him next year it's number one mm-hmm. and reichel can just kind of now focus on playing his game not having to worry about living up to the hype and being the first guy after the first question after every game yeah about what you think of his game tonight did he he hasn't had a point in three nights are you worried now he can just do his thing and he'll there will be questions about Reichel but nowhere near the level that would have been head counter Medard or Fantilli or whoever yeah not been the pick this year to come in and immediately take that spotlight off of him so that's the ripple effect of having counter Bedard on this team is all the rest of the guys now can kind of slot in. He can yeah. take the spotlight off of them that we know he can handle. He's handled it at every turn of his career. And now Reichel can really use this opportunity to to ease, not ease in, 
you know, I'm just saying it'll be an easier transition for him to, to full time without the constant, constant scrutiny. Yeah, yeah. Ma- many people think he's going to project to be a second line player. With Connor Bedard and the addition of Taylor Hall, he could now be a second line yeah. player yeah. and yeah. play, be put in the position to succeed, and that's all you want. You you know, he doesn't have to be the guy. He could be a guy, but not the guy. Like it's not he can. He, he can do better in his actual role. Um, you know, we see that in hockey. We see it in all sports. We see that, you know, with our baseball teams right now, guys being put in roles that are not capable of handling or, or should be handling. So now you can put Lucas Reichel exactly where he belongs in the lineup from day one and just see, see how he blossoms. Last on the list, uh, coming in right at number 50, and uh, Scott Wheeler says this is the hardest player on the list to slot and one he debated excluding in favor of forwards like Zach Bulldog, Quentin Musty, Nate Danielson, or Jonathan Lakari-Maki. Um, those are some of the people that were in contention for 50. But he says few prospects dash around the ice and make plays like Nazar does when healthy. He's a threatening player from the hash marks because of his wrister, which he pops off his stick with sneaky power and precision, thanks in large part to the balance he displays through his weight shift. He's not a super strong kid, though he's a tremendous athlete. Nazar is one of the fastest prospects in the sport, not only in straight lines and winding up through the crossovers, but also in adjusting tempos. That allows him to impact play both with the puck, attacking in transition to turn defenders, or creating breakaways as well as without it, speeding into lanes to get open for his teammates. So another one on the list. Nazar is a guy I'm really excited to watch uh, in Michigan this year. I, I hope we find a time to go see him play somewhere. Yeah, nearby. I'll take a Ske- trip to Ann Arbor. I don't care. Schedules should be coming out soon for the Big Big Ten Conference. That'll be fun yeah. to see. Look, if uh, if Frank Nazar played last year a full a full season in college, I think instead of four players in the top thirty of this list uh, for the Blackhawks, we'd be talking about five. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think even in, even coming back from from his long you know he had surgery, uh, hip problem. Um, came back and in the short time that he played with Michigan, which he had admitted he wasn't 100 percent, but he no. was able to come back and play uh, at a critical time too, right before the end of the season, going to the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Um, he was really effective, and I would I, I would have loved to have seen him play a full season as a freshman uh, with that loaded team that they had. They're still going to have a really talented team uh, this year again, and he's going to have an elevated role, which will be exciting to see and. Yeah, I, I just think the there's still so much to see from him uh, that I think we're we're gonna get a, a really good look at you know you talk about Reichel, uh, Bedard, and Nazar. Those are those are three guys that could potentially all be top six center options, and to have to choose between the three of them, like what a luxury, right? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I think if Nazar played his entire freshman year was healthy and played up to his capabilities we might be discussing does frank nazar you know does, did he sign his contract this yeah year? Is he, yeah is he turning pro this year like he might be we might be talking about him playing with the blackhawks this year uh but you know things happen he got he got the, the surgery to take care of his injury gonna be a big year for him should be exciting hopefully uh it lines up to where we can go see him uh Maybe South Bend again. Mad- Madison's not far. I mean, Ann Arbor's not the worst trip in the world yeah. either. 
could do it. Um, so we went to Nashville. Uh, we could drive we right. drive anywhere in the Midwest. I mean, right. We went to we went to Nashville for for Bedard. So we could definitely do Ann Arbor <laughs> for Nazar. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know, Ann Arbor might be our best bet. Uh, you know. Because as we learned last year, Michigan wouldn't do any media availability on road games for whatever yeah. mm-hmm. silly reason that was. But uh, I don't know. He's a Blackhawk prospect. So we 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 got we might have to pull some strings. Well, and he was he was hurt last year. Right, I know. But we wanted to try and see. We him, wanted yeah. to talk to Fantilli, and they were like, "Nope, it's a road game." Yeah, yeah. The, I think the Hawks but, would help us with their own prospects. Yeah. So uh, that should be a fun. Uh, could be a fun road trip. We can. Uh, if the Blackhawks had picked Charlie Strammel, yeah, Madison yeah. trip would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> Darn. Oh, well. Oh, well. I'll Worked take Connor. well with Jack Skill yeah. and Adam Burrish, so. <laughs> well, Adam Burrish, yeah. He got a cup, at least. He did. Yeah. He did indeed get a cup. Yes, he did. And, Jack and a broadcasting career of and, sorts. And Jack Skilly got us uh, Michael Ferlique. There you go. Got us nice. a cup. Win-win. So, hey. Thank you, Badgers. All right. Uh, hey, students just like you. Uh, are going back to school and they're looking for a good place to do it and let me tell you about my alma mater lewis university go back to school to learn to earn a respected degree at lewis university it's 35 miles southwest of chicago in romeoville and is ranked as one of u.s news and world reports top tier colleges lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work family and education their faculty like me, I used to be, brings real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. Lewis offers career support and academic resources for all adult students, and if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right one for you. They offer several career-focused programs that will set you up for success, and we're going to highlight a few of them below. Uh, Grad programs, you got data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, and the criminal justice public safety grad programs, adult undergrad with the accelerated degree completion programs, computer science, aviation maintenance technology certificate, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, tech programs. There's tons. Go to lewisu.edu slash you can do this and discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Again, that's lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Uh, speaking of school, I saw today that uh, schools in Arizona, like elementary schools, are back to school now. Nope. Yes. I want to sit in a 120-degree classroom. I, Sounds I, great. I didn't dig into it, but uh, Sean, who was with uh, the PHNX group in, in Nashville, he tweeted about uh, s- schools in Arizona going back to school like now, right Why? now. Why? I don't know. But it's just, wi- it's just wild. To- I was just in the store the other day. And I saw the notebooks and all the pencil cases and stuff, and I was like, man, like, there's still a month, at least a month of summer left. Like, let, let the kids have some fun. Ugh. But, man, Arizona, back to school in, in July? Crazy. That seems criminal. Yeah. That's so hopefully their air, air conditionings are working in uh, Oh, my in God, Arizona. yeah, I just looked up. One of them is going back July 31st. That's horrible. It's still so early. Some of them are going back 
I think that whatever this is on Google, it says August 8th is like the official mm. first day, which I also still think that's, that's super way early. Too early. I feel like, I feel like that's early. really yeah. early. When, are they, when did they get out? Like April? Uh, they better. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, went, I was CPS schools my whole life, but we went to school in like September. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. to CPS grade school and it was, yeah, it was September. the day after Labor Day, Tuesday yeah, yeah, yeah. is when you went back. But we were also in school till like mid-June. Right. Yeah. But then when I, I went to Catholic... Uh, I went to Catholic high school. We were in school like second, like mid August, but we were out before Memorial. Day. Yeah, we were out. My week of May. my elementary and high school was always like the last week of August was back to school. Then you got yeah. a little break with Labor Day, and then yeah, you were out first week of June. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. I don't like. I, I don't. I mean, what if it's a weather thing? Like it's just so. Maybe it's just so damn hot there. They figure put them in the classroom now and then let them out earlier so they got the spring to enjoy? Maybe. It's like they'd be dying right now. They can't have... <laughs> a, there's no way there's classrooms in Arizona and we that all are know not that, like, air conditioned. Well, I was going to say, and we, well, I feel like air conditioning in schools in general are probably not the greatest either. I don't know. Most schools, yeah, at least yeah. I went to, the air conditioning is not Oh, no, they're horrible. Great. No, no, yeah. yes. You would, you I, would I definitely, in Arizona, they, they've invested... Even, even in, in Wisconsin, my, my high school was an oven in, in August and September and October. Yeah. And yeah. then, yes, again, in we, April and Well, in May. college, they would just have the day the heat turns off. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was like, it's just on until it's not, <laughs> yeah. regardless of weather. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, not we, at Lewis University, though. No, of course we, not. <laughs> we didn't have uh, air AC in our main building. So, uh, yeah, the first month of school sucked. But the computer building, the big round building where the computer lab was, was like had to be AC frozen. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I always made sure I had <laughs> my computer arts class first semester so I could get at least get yeah. one period a day in like a 62 degree, yeah. like Jay's basement. <laughs> yeah. My cold. basement. Exactly. Not like my bedroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's gotta be what it is because my wife has family in Arizona and they said basically from like the beginning of July until September, you just don't even go outside. It's so hot. Well, our, our, our friends at PHNX have been posting screenshots of their weather reports, and it's like 100 and 113 degree yeah, no like thanks. heat index. Well, and, here's oh, the thing. No thanks. And, you know, Can't breathe. We love our friends in PHNX, but hot weather in Phoenix is not like an unknown thing. <laughs> right. Like, you kind of knew you were getting into that, That's right? Like, like, the people who, like... Move to Wrigleyville and then go. I don't like all the noise from this baseball what stadium that's been here for a hundred years. Real? Oh my God! I just dealt with. Or the people who live, who the people who move near O'Hare Airport and complain about the noise. You knew it was yeah. there. That's why you got a good deal, buddy. Well, you know the good thing about hot weather here in Chicago is we have the perfect beer for mm-hmm. that. Uh, for those hot days. That is true. If you need to uh, cool yourself down. Uh, sorry, elementary and high school kids. This isn't for you. Eh, but hey, we, some of them. <laughs> well, we're not encouraging that. Just it's a different story. Uh, but for you, Lewis University uh, attendees or alumni, uh, cool yourself down with some Goose Island beer. Chicago's beer since 1988 and the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. You can reach into your ice chest and get a nice cold Goose Island IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, always in style with its citrus aroma and bold hop finish. Or you can go into the uh, refrigerator in your garage and pull out a tropical beer hug, the Dry Hopped Imperial IPA, which is a 9.9 ABV that is dangerously easy to drink or you could leave it on the steps down to Jay's basement where it's nice and cold <laughs> and get a full pocket pills the everyday beer where the what the uh, Goose Island beer brewers are drinking or you can go to your man cave or your she shed with your mini fridge and pull out the golden cans of the 312 wheat ale the staple 
of Goose Island's tremendous beer roster. Or if you don't want to stay home and drink your beer there, you can go grab ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right. It is Chicago's Beer, and I'll be having one as soon as the show ends. Nice. All right, Sarah, should we go through the uh, mailbag questions here? Well, we got five, right? Leftovers. We have five. That Leftovers. Is Let's do it. All right, so our Zach first says one. 104 here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Feels yes. like 110. That. It's Texas. F that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, two two summers ago, I went to Austin for a, a buddy's bachelor party, and we. Uh, what I appreciate about pretty much every like beer garden or patio restaurant is they have those like you see them on the nfl sidelines those fans that oscillate and they got the oh, mist yeah. they have all they all almost all of them have that and i was just like i was like this seat in the corner we're sitting there like sitting i'm, I'm of sick of fan. sweating through <laughs> all the clothes that i brought well it's there's a, i will say it's like when we went to disney in september last year um when you're in a place that hot everyone just agrees yeah and no one cares anymore like if you got the boob sweat lines mm-hmm. or the wet bat like no one yeah. cares that no one, no, everyone is sweaty. Everyone's miserable. So it's like whatever we suffer through it together. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about it. So that's that's the beautiful part. Like once you get to a certain point, all bets are off, and no one cares. All right, <laughs> let's open up the mailbag. Enough sweat talk. <laughs> all right, from Mike, the hashtag Blackhawks fan. Expectations for Raquel this point year wise, saying he plays line two with double A and radish. Radish, Radish. Then, Radish. then plays power one with Bedard and Hall. So Greg, I would say Greg said Reichel's going to lead the team with points. So this is this is a question for you. Asterisk. That was before <laughs> Connor Bedard arrived. But I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to Uh-oh, it. Oh, now we got asterisks. I'm going to stick to it. I'm just going to tell you when the prediction was made. I'll stick to the prediction. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment that he will play on the second line to start the year, um, and then. Sure, put him on the first power play with, with Bedard. Load up on that top line. Yeah, why not? That. And so we'll see what happens. Um, I think a good year for him, you know, 20 goals, 50 points would be considered a, a good year. I like that. That would be yeah. a success. That yeah, would, yeah uh, the, that would be like your line of like anything above that would be exceptional. What would concern you? Like 10, like. Uh, if he's. If he's below a half point per game for the season, okay, I'll, so I'll be a little 41. concerned. If he's under forty-one, if he if he puts up, I'll say this though: if he puts up like twenty goals and nineteen assists, eighteen assists, or something like that, like Radish did last year, I won't be mad or I won't be upset or worried because twenty goals is like that's a good benchmark to get to. Um, but I just know goal scoring is not his biggest asset. Right. So if 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 his playmaking ability, setting up teammates, is is not uh, the the f- the higher number, that'll be a little bit like eh, okay, like let's let's see what we can what, what he can do to to improve on that. But yeah, if he's if he's a, if he plays all eighty two and he's less than forty points, I'm going to be a little like that's going to feel a little disappointing. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, by the way, Windy City Hockey says he'd love to see Bedard and Reichel get a shot together on the same line. That will happen at some point. I'm sure. I'm it will. Sure, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's certainly going to happen, and and I know that I think they're going to give Reichel a chance to play center, but. It's the new nuclear option. Yeah. You know, down a goal, eight minutes to go, put him out in the same line, see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next, Era? 
All right, our next one is from Todd Welter, 21. Yep. Who do yeah. you think will be the starting goalie on the next Stanley Cup contending team? I assume he means Blackhawks contending team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Prob- yeah I, probably. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, Shout out Todd on threads, by the way. That's it would be great if it was Drew Camesso. It would be great. I, th- I think that is the hope. Um, but but I think with we talked about it during the playoffs with where goaltending is going in, in the game, you would hope that both you know your starter and your backup, your one A one B, whatever it ends up being, you can you can trust both of them. So I think ideally. In the next handful of years, uh, Camezzo and Arvid Soderbloom are both trusted as 1A, 1Bs, and you're happy with either of them in, in that. I, I think that's the ideal case. But if I'm naming a starter, I, my money is still on Camezzo panning out to be that guy. Yeah, in a perfect world, it's Drew Camezzo. That's what the Blackhawks are hoping. Yep. But you know what? They drafted another goalie this year high in the draft. Yep, knowing that, in. you know what? You, the more good young goaltending you have in your in your system the better off you are so uh, i was surprised they took a goalie that high i was, I was too, too yeah. but i don't i don't know if that speaks to what they feel about Camesso, but i think we do know that davidson's philosophy is like just keep reloading because mm-hmm. at some point said, when you're gonna Connor bedard is going to sign a max contract at some point it is happening yeah, so he's got to have plans for Hey, maybe Camesso plans out and he's a five or six million dollar goalie or maybe more than that. And he's got to make that call of, uh, I don't know if I want to pay that much to a goalie when I've got to play Bedard and Korczynski and yeah. all these guys who have panned out. You want to have that next goalie ready to go. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's so it's, it was it's even it was even more surprising because when we talked with Mike Donahue and we brought up the idea of, you know, all of us were like, oh, it, it's probably smart to draft a goalie every year just to see what you get. And he was just like, I don't really believe that. I don't think you really have to do that. And that's coming and then, from an ex-goalie. And that's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the third pick of the draft is yeah. one of the top three, four goalies in, in the class. So uh, that, that was an interesting pick. But I, I get where they, I think, were going with it. So. Yep. I mean, Davidson said he was the best player on the board. And when you have four second-round picks, you can you afford can, to take yep. the best player on the board. Sure. You, it's a luxury yep. to be able to take a goalie at that spot because it was if that was the only second-round pick they had, they probably don't take them there. They probably no. they go for one of those other forwards that or, or you know yeah they, they go somewhere else. But they had the luxury best player available according to their board was the goalie. They went with him. We'll see how it goes. Nothing wrong with having more than one stud goalie on your team, as the Stanley Cup playoffs proved this year. Absolutely. All right, Sarah, what's next? Okay. Um, <laughs> Ornquist Jason. Would you rather fight one Corey Perry-sized oh, duck or ten <laughs> duck-sized Corey Perrys? This one's easy for Th- me. This is a lose-lose either way. I wouldn't want ever want to punch a duck. I like ducks. But what Again, if it's, what if it's like snapping at you, trying a to get large, you? A human-sized duck is terrifying. Actually, a duck-sized duck is terrifying. A human-sized... Because it's not just like a human form... That is like also a duck. Like what's that, what's that old movie from the eighties that where the guy was the duck? Howard the duck. Howard the duck. Yeah, it's not that. Like you're talking about like a big, talking like a six foot duck, like, like a like, big like, mallard, like the Donald Duck mascot at Disney World. Yeah. But like little ducks plush. are. If you have ten little ducks running at you, but it's ten. No, you, have ten you have ten duck-sized right, Corey yeah, Perry. But that's Corey like, Perry is gonna. 
gonna jump at you and start punching yeah. you well, in the balls, ten of them. You could have like I don't gonna climb your leg. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna go on each other's shoulders. Like, so I'd rather Corey fight Perry's one size. than ten of anything, anyways. Uh, ten quick little Corey. You ever seen the wor- uh, World War Z? Yeah, that yes. that scene where they're climbing, the zombies are climbing over each other. That's what it's gonna be. You're gonna it's have only ten. ten though. One kick knocks out five of those. Nah, I don't one think so. One big swift like NFL know. punt. I don't know. I'd rather Corey, Corey Perry's. Uh, relentless. You know what? And he's, and he's not going to play by what, anybody's like six rules. Foot? Six foot? Corey Perry? Yeah, yeah. he's like I'm six five, six. I mean, that's not... I think I want to go for the, the, the ten right. duck-sized Corey Perrys. Ducks are unpredictable. Because I'm just going to bust out my power wash and those little bastards. <laughs> well, okay, seconds. can we have weapons? Like, <laughs> hey, okay, that's, that's different then. I fight dirty. I fight to win. I think if I... Taking out the power washer and those bastards are going to be halfway down the block in five seconds. I think I'll take the, the Corey Perry-sized duck and just bring, like, a loaf of bread see if I can make peace with him. And I'm putting this on Twitter. Probably, probably <laughs> going to need, a, like, eight or nine loaves well, of bread. Well, Windy right, City's yeah. right, because human si- human-sized duck would be very Terrifying. scary. Yeah, I, I just be. wouldn't want to see that. I, and I you don't want to see You ever had your, like, feeding a duck and it nips your finger? Yeah, that thing can no. your head off. Yeah. Well, bite your head off, man. I'd, ra- I'd rather that than <laughs> 10 Corey Perry-sized ducks trying to bite your head off. All right, so I'm putting it on, yeah, our, on the CHCO Blackhawks Twitter. Yeah. Would you rather fight 10 duck-sized Corey Perrys or one Corey Perry-sized duck? Yeah. We'll it is live. Go vote. Oh, God, I love the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going with, uh, I'm going with 10. All right, go All ahead, right. Uh, Sarah. Okay. Uh, D. Chansey 87 says, If Kyle wants to bring back a former Hawk, even if just for a year... Who would be a good fit for the rebuild and roster? Uh, a, former, a former, Any cur- former, a former current player. I, I guess imagine. if yeah, Kyle wants to bring back a former hawk, fa- yeah. former cor- former current hawk, player, yeah. former hawk. Even if just for a year, who would be a good fit for the rebuild and the roster? It's a good question. Um, huh, Max Domi. <laughs> <laughs> he had his chance. How about Panarin? And Aaron Bedard could be fun. Oh, it would be. be. It really would be. Um, yeah, I, I, I want a playoff game. I think uh, <laughs> Panarin's a good one. I, I think he's. I think that would be a, a tremendous. Jake McKay, bring Jake McKay back. Yeah, why not? That's I, you talk about keeping a locker room ship shape. McKay will do that for you. Um, Osa. Yeah. Brent, Osa. Brendan Hagel's a good call. He'd be a nice fit on this team. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, one too. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of. We're lot trying of to go to into saying Taves or Kane, and it's not going to happen. No, not, yeah, no, not interesting. <laughs> no. I've moved on. Bring me, bring me back Philip Deneau. Yes. There you go. I like that. It's a good one too. Nice. There's a lot of former Hawks that would be very nice to have. Trevor Van Riemsdyk. He's almost like Nicholas Jarmelson. Almost, almost. If you squint real hard, there, there was another. There was another clue to your question. You asked me off the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, last one, and a big one. Yeah, this is the last one. Uh, it's from that one clone who punched a droid. I remember that. It's, oh yeah, um, uh-huh. yeah. For Greg, where did the term "pudwack" come from? Slash, how did it start? I think I answered this on Twitter, but I, it was just kind of organic. I know how it happened. We yeah. were talking about Ryan Suter. Ryan rumors Suter. Rumors of Pudwactum is how it started on this show. Yeah, it just kind of grew organically. <laughs> yeah. it's, a sh- it's a fun word to say. Yes. Everybody knows what it means. It's mm-hmm. profane without being over profane. Yeah. 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 It it's, just it was organically grew. Jay so used it once, and it just... It's we, one of those words with just a 
multitude of meanings. Yeah. It's it's a very it is a very uh, flexible insult. Yeah. Like Pudwack could be a like guy who's a total dick. Yeah. It could be a guy you just don't want to be around. It could be a guy who's like a little bit too goofy for his own good. Mm-hmm. It's very versatile. You can call Pudwack is very versatile. You can call a guy a pud for sure. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's it's versatile. I like it. But I think Who when would, we call someone a pudwack, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Not someone you want on your team. Right. Unless he's our pudwack. Like yeah. Corey Perry. Well, he's our I'm pudwack. telling you, we got to make a shirt that says he's our pudwack with yeah. number 94 in the background or something. Yeah. He's our, he's our pudwack. <laughs> or just pudwack 94. He's our, he's our duck-sized <laughs> pudwack. Yeah. So, By the way, updating the poll from Twitter, um, 71.9% say they would rather fight 10... Duck-sized oh, Corey Perry's man. than one uh, Corey Perry-sized duck. I don't know. Playing with fire. So there you go. Yeah. You know, this is official. Yeah, that, that is the... Twitter polls are officially... They count. Officially official. Count. Yes. All right, before we wrap up, we got one more thing we wanted to get to. Um, we were talking about, and a couple of people have been asking us about, like, what are some real ex- realistic expectations for Conor Bedard in terms of goal totals and point totals? So jumped on DraftKings... Uh, to check it out, and they only have goals right now. But what they have is for Connor Bedard, the over under for goals is thirty and a half. That I feel like is is f- fair, uh, and I think if I'm if I'm putting some money down on DraftKings, I think I go over. I, I think I think he will eclipse thirty this year. Um, if if everything that we've seen and have been told. Uh, and, and uh, you know, read about and all the scouts have said about his shot. Um, I don't think there's any reason to doubt that even on a team that isn't the most talented uh, roster in the league like, like the Blackhawks will be, he can still put up 30, 30 plus. Yeah, I think that, especially considering all the opportunity he's going to get, mm-hmm. number one center, number one power play, I wouldn't be shocked to see him on a penalty kill. If they're maybe. down in the game and need yeah. a spark, need to get maybe get a breakaway goal, he's not a completely useless defensively. No, he's not like Patrick Kane in that way. He's not. He's not Patrice Bergeron by any means. Not yet, right? But he's not. <laughs> I'm serious. I think that's going to be something he wants to. Oh, he will pride himself on getting better. At yeah, that. he that's wants to. Sure. Be, he wants to be like you see a guy like Mitch Marner, and he was a Selkie finalist this year. I think he's going to be like, hey, I'm not just an offensive guy. I I can shut you down too i think that will come as time goes yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested to see that so 30 goals i think you said yesterday because we looked up another site and it was like 32 another and a half 32 and a half yeah. and that felt too high <laughs> yeah, that's funny how, like 30 well, feet, greg is saying like exactly a, 31 goal <laughs> like that that's the correct range though i think see my my heart easily says oh he's gonna score 40 no problem but then my head's like, ah. and then when you brought up the stat yesterday and we sat here and tried to figure them all out, yeah. that only 14 rookies have scored 30 goals or more in a season in the last 30 years. Last 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Um, 14 in 20 seasons. I mean, that made me go, oh, okay, yeah, that is kind of difficult to do. You don't see that every season. Yeah. Some seasons you don't. Some seasons you get multiple guys. So that makes me pause. Um, but... I, I, who else is going to score the goals? <laughs> but I mean, over the last twenty years, who has been a better prospect than Connor Bedard? 
Not many. Crosby. Crosby and McDavid. McDavid. I, that's probably it. Yeah. Matthews. You could argue Matthews, but you I mentioned think, it earlier. I feel, feel like Matthews and Ovechkin as prospects coming into their rookie years are probably in that same tier where Bedard is, is landing yeah. right now. Yeah. I If... And McDavid didn't do 30, but that's only because he got hurt. He got hurt. He, missed, yeah, he right. missed a good portion of the season. That's why. Uh, he had, what, 48 points in 45 games? Yeah, as so a he, was, he, was, he was going to. Yeah. Uh, and that's how our Temi Panarin has a Calder trophy in his closet <laughs> yeah. or and garage the, or she shed, wherever he the, keeps uh, it. McDavid the Russian mafia, the K- KGB just took out uh, McDavid one game to get him <laughs> yeah. that Calder. Um, how about points-wise? What do we think points-wise? Well, if he's topping 30 goals, you'd hope he's topping at least 70 points. 30 and 40? 30 and 40. I I'd be very happy with possible. that. I think that's possible. Yeah, I would put the points between 70 and 75. Is, 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 that's beautiful, man. Here's, <laughs> in here's a heartbeat. The, give me here's that. the thing. So we, we went through the list. On four, 14 rookies in the last 20 years have topped 30 goals. Uh, let's do this. How many have topped 70? How many rookies? How many rookies in the last 20 years can have topped 70? 70 points. 70 points. Well, now we remember four, some of the names that we right, discussed yesterday. Right, 14 goal scores, but not all those guys yeah. had a ton of us. All right, let's do this. I would, say, I would say three, three of them did not top 30 points or 30 goals. I don't know. One, two, three. Yep. I would say nine. Nine players. That sounds about right. Seven. Seven. Okay. So You want to try and name the seven? Uh, God. Crosby. Yep. Uh, Ovechkin. Yep. Top two. Matthews. Uh, Matthews. No. no. No, he didn't. He had yeah. a very nice 69 points. Yes, Ooh, not a big assist guy, that Austin Matthews. Yeah. Uh, Ovechkin 106, Crosby 102. Third and fourth on the list, both had 85 points. Well, it's not one of those two guys, but Panarin had over 70, right? His Panarin had 77. It. Yep. Um, McKinnon? Nope. I've already forgotten all the guys we named <laughs> yesterday, so yeah. uh, this is going to be bad, uh, uh, bad television. Teammate of Sidney Crosby. Malkin. 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 Malkin had 85. One of them. Um, teammate of Artemi Panarin. Current teammate of Artemi Panarin? No. Debrinkit? Nope. Won the Calder. Is on our table. Patrick oh, Kane. Kane. Patrick had Kane had points? 72 in his rookie season. I didn't season. think he had that many points his rookie yep. season. Two, right. two more. Um, uh, this guy has played on many teams. And had a famous hockey playing dad as well. Uh, Max Domi. <laughs> nope. Stasny. Paul, Paul Stasny, 78 points. Last one. Also had 85. Jeff Skinner. Nope. Uh, Lord, give me the answer. 1983. Nope. Matthew Barzal. Matthew Barzal. All right. I mean, so, uh, I think he. I I think seventy is is not. Uh, that's not crazy now. Not crazy. It. It, Matt, uh, Austin Matthews had sixty nine. Nice. Nicholas Backstrom had sixty nine. Brad Boys had sixty nine. Hey, there's a number. Uh, sixty six for Elias Pettersson. Sixty five for Clayton Keller. All his rookies. I think. I think in that seventy seventy five range is attainable. That might be. Now that I'm thinking about it. Now we got to look at rosters, right? Like who they had to play sure. with. But sure. 
Yeah. Reichel's going to have dudes to play with all year. He's going to be playing with Taylor Hall or Reichel or Radish or whoever. He's not going to be just him and a bunch of bums. No. They have made it. Corey Perry could play on his line. If Athanasiu can play on his line. If Bedard gets 75 points, so 30 goals, 45 assists, that means Taylor Hall is having a huge season. Yeah. That means Taylor Hall is probably scoring close to 30 goals this year. Hall, I mean, we can we Reichel, can get into all these things before the season, but I I mean, Athanasiu. that does not sound absurd to me at all for Taylor Hall. For a guy who's been stuck in a third line role with the Rangers or with the Bruins, yeah, I don't know. I I just I think last I, year he had 16 goals in 61 games in a third line role. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I if I was a fantasy hockey player and I am, um, if you're looking for one of those late round guys that can give you a ton of value, maybe look at taking Taylor Hall. Yeah, because if if, if Bedard's getting 75 points. 40 assists. Who's scoring those goals? Yeah. Taylor Hall. Taylor yeah. Hall could pot 25, 30 goals. Yeah. Maybe. I th- I, now, that, now that we've gone through that, <laughs> I feel like it's almost a given. Yeah. I, I, I think right. it's, I think it's entirely possible. I'm and, trying and, to temper my expectations. And here. McDavid, before his injury, like we said, was over a point a game. Yeah. Or, or at a point a game. I can't remember exactly, but... He was he was going to be in that 70 80 range as a rookie. Do you want to give the hurt. list of uh the the list of the 14? Oh yeah, yeah we can do the Let me pull that back up. Uh the yeah, 30 goal so, scorers. So uh rookie goal scorers in the last 20 years uh to top 30 goals. Uh some imp- impressive names on here, some names that Some names I heard for the first time yeah, yesterday. Yeah, there there's some there's some surprises here. So uh, topping the list, 52 goals in uh, 05-06 was Alex Ovechkin. Uh, second behind him in 2016-17, in Austin Matthews put 40 up. Uh, Sidney Crosby in 05-06 put up 39. Patrick Laine put up 36 in 2016-17, so uh, behind Matthews there. Uh, in 2010-2011, 34 goals from Michael Grabner. <sighs> Uh, in 06-07, Evgeny Malkin, 33 goals. Uh, also in 2010-2011, uh, a good year for rookie goal scorers. Logan Couture, 32 goals. Yeah. Uh, in 05-06, Colorado Avalanche legend Marek Svatos with 32 goals. Uh, in 2017-18, Winnipeg Jets' Kyle Connor, 31. Also in 2010-2011, Carolina Hurricane Jeff Skinner with 31. Anaheim Ducks, 08-09, Bobby Ryan, 31 goals. Uh, and then a trio of 30-goal scorers, two former Blackhawks, Artemi Panarin, Dominic Kubelik, also with 30 goals. And in 05-06, the New York Rangers legend himself, Peter Pruka, 30 goals. By the way, Marek Vatos is the new Dominic Kubelik, or vice versa, because <laughs> he had... Yeah. 20, 32 goals his rookie year. 32 and 18. Yeah. Which is very Kubaliki. 15 and 15. 26 and 11. 14 and 20. And then it all just fell apart after that. Then yeah. he was kind of pretty much done. It's pretty crazy that Dominic, Dominic Kubalik was a 30 goal scorer in his rookie season. And he's on his, what, fourth team already? He's still in Detroit, right? No, he got, they traded, got traded for Debrinket. The Debrinket trade. Oh, right. Yeah. So he's now third, third team. team. Third team. Yeah. 30 and 16 as a rookie. 
1521, 15-17, 20-25. But remember, last year with Detroit, he got out to like a super He had like eight goals in nine games or something. Yeah. And then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he fell apart. We've seen that before. I like Dominic Kubalik, yeah. but man, when he goes cold, if he goes straight, really cold. He is a he loves to slap the puck, and that's about it. He's a, one, he's a literal one trick pony. Yeah. He's got one thing that he does. If he is he is what everyone thought Artemi Panarin was. Yeah, I gotta wear that one. That was one of my criticisms of him. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We all have one. We all have one bad take in us, don't we? Yeah, it's all right. I predicted Dominic Kubalik to lead the Blackhawks in goals two years ago, so I had yeah. a bad. I had a bad take too. That's all right. We all have them. We in all my have prospect them. pyramids. I once had Kirby Doc at the very top. Mm. Well, so, open mouth say things. Yeah, open keyboard type things. Yes, all things happen. All right, we're gonna wrap things up, but before we do, want to remind everybody to join us at the CHGO Kickoff Classic Golf Tournament at Cog Hill Number Two. Just like it's unbelievable we're getting Connor Bedard on the Blackhawks, it's unbelievable that Coghill is letting bums like us come tear up their course, but it's happening. CHGO and the Big Drive Energy Podcast and Pins and Aces are hosting us. Again, that's August 25th on Coghill course number two. You can sign up as an individual, twosome, or a foursome. And if you're a diehard, we have a promo code for you. Diehards email events at allcitynetwork.com to receive your discount code for the tournament. Here's what you'll get. With your fee, 18 holes with a cart, an exclusive Pins and Aces tea gift, access to limited edition Pins and Aces CHGO polos, sorry, hole contest, great giveaways and prizes for contest holes, winning teams, and last place, lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. If you want to sponsor an individual hole uh, or just sponsor the tournament in general, contact John Riskin here at CHGO, John, J-O-N, at allcitynetwork.com. For more info but again go to allchgo.com for all the information on this and our crosstown takeovers that are happening uh first one is july 26th the next one is august 16th cubs versus white Sox. allchgo.com to get all your info on those as well we hope we can join you you can join us at any of these mm-hmm. great chgo events and We've got a couple things in the work ourselves, don't we, fellas? We no, sure do. We can't yes. announce it yet, but uh, I would expect at least one United Center takeover at next least. year, uh, potentially two. So keep your eye out. Good time to become a diehard. Going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. It was a fun time last year, uh, and it's it's only going to be better. Last year it was Blackhawks and Coyotes in February, uh, and we had, we had a great time, great turnout. It was a fun game. Uh, this year, with, with all the hype that uh, Bedard is bringing, um, it's going to be a good time. So come on out when we when we announce all our event info. Be sure to get your tickets. Join us at the UC and have a good time. Absolutely. And if you are planning on joining us, uh, Cog Hill on August 25th for the kickoff classic golf outing, the inaugural edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna. It's going to be sunny out. It's August. It's going to be sunny. Yeah. I'm predicting it now. You're going to need to protect your eyeballs on the golf course. That's when you give our friends Shady Rays a quick little visit and get yourself a pair of some amazing premium stylish Polaroid shades at an affordable price so you don't break the bank looking amazing while 
shooting 62 over par. <laughs> Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses. That'll get you last that's place. me. Uh, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. I say even better. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to replace them absolutely free, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric uh, cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community communities and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you will, but in case you don't, you can always exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is absolutely no risk when you shop at ShadyRays.com. And while you're at ShadyRays.com, don't forget to use the promo code CHGO and you're going to get 50% off all orders that contain two or more pairs of their awesome polarized sunglasses that have been rated five stars by me and over 250,000 other people. Me too. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm one of them too. All right, we're back tomorrow at 2. We're going to talk to Ann Tokarski about the developments in women's hockey. This all happened kind of during the draft where there's now one universal league. Some people are excited. Some people aren't as thrilled. There's some players out of work. It's very complicated. We're going to catch you up on the whole thing tomorrow at 2 with Ann Tokarski and a whole bunch of other Blackhawks news as well. So make sure you join us. Set a reminder on your phone. Turn those notifications on your YouTube channel. And on your way out today, please smash that like button for us. And, hey, as hockey season approaches, I'm sure you've got friends reaching out to you like, what's the story about this Bedard kid? Let them know about this podcast. That would be really, really helpful. Spread the word. It'll help us out. And uh, share our links, all that great stuff. It's all very, very uh, helpful for the growth of CHGO and CHGO Blackhawks. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.